you know? no doubt i love that and it's really like it really what it comes down to and i i wrestled with this for a long time because i love talking about motivation and motivation but i truly believe discipline is over motivation like yep you're not realistically like we can sit here and hype each other up like we're not going to be motivated every day no way but you can be disciplined every single day and you can tell yourself look there i'm not going to negotiate i'm not going to make excuses and what i saw in, in the running preparation for the marathon not only you know were there physical improvements in in my body and my in my endurance and everything like that but there was improvements in my in my business there was improvements in my work there was improvements in my connecting ability like that that same mindset you carry to every aspect of your life and that's how you grow yep it's discipline over motivation discipline and consistency Facts. Today we have a special episode, Kiowa Island Marathon Recap. Judah and I sit down and have a conversation about everything that went into preparing for this marathon, the motivation behind it, and why we chose this challenge. We talk about the race itself, the highs, the lows, the takeaways, and we also dive into what is next and where we are heading. Our hope is that we can inspire one person at a time to just get out of their comfort zone and attack a new challenge, whether it be health and fitness related, whether it be in your business, your relationships, Find ways to seek discomfort because that is truly the only way we grow. Get out of your comfort zone and watch how you continue to evolve as a human being. Huge shout out to TLF for hooking me up for the gear for the marathon. I was decked out head to toe. And also want to give a big shout out to Kane Footwear for the recovery slides and the socks for the marathon. Both those two companies are amazing and I love working with them. I just wanted to give them a quick shout out before we dive into this episode. But without further ado, let's talk about the Kiowa Island Marathon. Dude, I thank you for jumping on this podcast with me. It's good to have you back. Stoked to be here, man. It's good. Always good being back behind the mic. Let's go. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. I think it's been so cool to see the progression of the podcast and having so many cool guests on, but we just did a pretty sick challenge, so I want to definitely unpack that, talk about it, and hopefully provide some value and motivation and inspiration for other people uh, to do some challenges in their life and, and get uncomfortable. Yeah, man. It's a... It's a good world to be in when you're pushing yourself and you're making yourself uncomfortable every single day. You become more and more of a savage. You're ready to crush the day. That's right. That's right. So yeah, let's let's dive into this. Obviously, most of the people that are listening probably know I just ran a marathon, 26.2 miles in Kiowa Island on December 11th. Yep. And now we're going to sit down. We're just going to talk a little bit about it. And, yeah, man. And kind of break it down, what went into it, the actual race itself, and then kind of where we're headed next. So love it let's dive into this yeah yeah i want to first i want to talk about like your motivations your quote-unquote ambitions for this race like i know we have a video on youtube about it shameless plug youtube (laughs) um yeah yeah go check it out um but uh we have a you know that first video kind of explains some of your your reasons why you wanted (laughs) to start the marathon but i think we should like kind of unpack that a little bit more and just really dive into like like why did you want to do a marathon like you came out of basketball, fresh out of basketball, and like you're just like, I want to run a marathon. So, what was what was the reasons for that? That's a good question, and I love that you brought that up. I think setting the context is important. Since I can remember, like I've always played basketball. Like three, four years old, I had a ball in my hands. Like my mom gave that to me at an early age, and that was like 
honestly, that was everything for me. Like, yeah. you know, and I even found myself at times like idolizing the game. Like I, I was, I was obsessed with basketball and right. I used it not even going too far away from the question or the, the answer, but I used it as an outlet. Like there were so many things I was, you know, I went through growing up as a kid with my family and different things. And like basketball was more than just a game to me. Like it was everything I ever, I ever loved everything that like just kept me safe. It gave me a, an opportunity to get away from what I was going through. Yeah. So I put so much heart and soul into it and it was amazing. It did great things for me. It opened doors and opportunities. And then obviously, you know, the crazy thing about life is there's, there's chapters, right? There's like, you know, your, your life is a story, but each season is a chapter. And, you know, it was a lot of chapters for me in my, in my story, but it came to an end. Like I, I graduated, I, I chose not to continue on that journey. And so, you know, that was a big adjustment for me. That was a big, for sure. you know, a place in my life, a vacancy, you could call it where I needed, I needed to put something where that was. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, you know, starting aim with you and with Justin and our team, like it gave me a cool place to kind of, you know, we could start to build this platform where we could, you know, hopefully inspire people to do hard things. But essentially the reason I wanted to run this marathon was one to get out of my comfort zone, but to just attack something and be uncomfortable with somewhere like uh, with a challenge that I've never even thought I could do. Yeah. And, and I think that's what it was like running. I, I don't have a background running. Some people listening might know I did run track my senior year in high school, a little track, um, which is kind of a crazy situation. But obviously, I was never—I wasn't running 26 miles. I was running like one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of fast though, low key. <laughs> Speedy guy. Speed guy. But I mean, that's that's it, dude. Like, my mom's always motivated me to to work hard, and I think you know that's been a big motivator for me in terms of just doing everything I can to be the best version of myself. But in terms of the marathon itself, I just wanted to get away from the game and do something on the opposite end of the spectrum to really push my boundaries and limitations and just keep growing to see what I can do. That's awesome, man. And I mean, I was there. It was an amazing, amazing day. There's some, some ebbs and flows. Definitely ebbs and flows. Um, but overall, what is your overall take on a running marathon? Do you, do you enjoy running? Dude, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I have a love hate relationship and I think, <laughs> I think there are days where I wake up and I'm like, I do not want to run today. Yeah. And that's just honest, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I, and I talked about Nate, I talked about this with Nathan French on an episode, um, a few weeks back cause he's training for the BPN marathon, mm -hmm. but we were both like, you know, some days you don't want to run, but every single time you run after the run, you're always like thankful you did it. Right. And I think that's kind of the mindset I got in. And just over time, just the course of repetition and just consistency, like, you start to know that feeling's going to be there. And so you kind of get a little excited to run because you're like, this is what's at the end of the, the run today. So that's kind of where I am with running right now. Did you ever experience a runner's high, as they call it? In training, I did. I don't think I ever did in the race itself. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there were some times definitely because I was riding with you, riding alongside, like doing some content and also yeah. like helping you with, with fueling and stuff. There were some times where you were really just enjoying yourself. I mean, I feel like it's a, once you, once you get, to the the pace that you're running at and just get locked in on that pace and it feels enjoyable like you can really just enjoy it and take in nature and no doubt it's a good stuff but i like i like what you're saying there is like like you didn't want to wake up and run every single day but but you did anyways and that's the thing i think a lot of people can apply is like like it's you're never gonna have the motivation to to do something that you want to accomplish every single day. Like the motivation is not always going to be there, but the willpower can be there and you can push through and you, it's just all about just taking action. Like 
I mean, there's lots of times where I don't want to go out and get on the bike or do whatever I want to do, but I know that if I can just get out there and get my legs spinning, whatever it is, just start doing the thing, I'll just, I'll get it done and I'll finish it for the day. You know? No doubt. I love that. And it's really like, it really what it comes down to. And I, I wrestled with this for a long time because I love talking about motivation and motivation, but I truly believe discipline is over motivation. Like yep. you're not realistically, like we can sit here and hype each other up. Like we're not going to be motivated every day, No way. but you can be disciplined every single day. And you can tell yourself, look, there, I'm not going to negotiate. I'm not going to make excuses. And what I saw in, in the running preparation for the marathon, not only, you know, were there physical improvements in, in my body and my, in my endurance and everything like that, but there was improvements in my, in my business. There was improvements in my work. There was improvements in my connecting ability. Like that, that same mindset you carry to every aspect of your life. And that's how you grow. Yep. It's discipline over motivation. Discipline and consistency. Facts. It's the way to do it. That's it, dude. It's the way to do it. And I'm, I'm actually really like trying to hammer that home in my, my own life right now. Like I'm one thing that I planned for December was to ride every single day of December Let's go. and it doesn't matter how long I ride or how many miles I ride. It just, I want to go out and ride every single day. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I've had finals, I've had to do a lot of studying and a lot of different work and just different things and like life happens, but I'm still going to go ride and it might only be for 30 minutes, for sure. uh, but that's better than nothing. No doubt. And the thing is, is I've, I've found in my life that a lot of times when I didn't have time to go out and do a 20 mile ride or, a, you know, an hour on the bike, an hour and a half on the bike, if I didn't have time for that, I just wouldn't go ride yeah. because it would overwhelm me to try to get that many miles or that much time in on the bike. And so now it's just like, well, at least just go do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, I think that can be applied to a lot of people just in their own lives. Like just, just get out there and do whatever you want to do. Don't put a time limit on it, a mileage limit on it, whatever it is. Don't set like a, I mean, you can, if, if you're, if you're already consistent with that thing, obviously try to keep pushing and getting better and adding volume. But especially with our lives, like our lives are so busy, like yeah. just try to get out there and do it every single day. And I mean, obviously you need rest days. Rest days are key. And I, I probably will take rest days after December, but for this this month, I'm focusing on just being consistent and just really learning that craft. And so I think that's a good thing to to apply to every part of your life, really. No, I agree. I think, yeah, it's just like the idea, right, of getting 1% better, not 30% better 100%. every day. It's just like if you have these small little victories, they're going to add up over time. Yep. And that's what people get so overwhelmed and so scared. They're like, oh, my gosh, I have to get 30 to 50% better every single day. You don't. Exactly. Just get 1% better. Exactly. You know, and over time, you're going to be 100% better. Yeah, I love it. So, so let's let's dive a bit more into this marathon. Yeah. A um, little motivation motivation to start off the, the podcast, but what let's we're go. really here for is to, to recap this marathon, how it went, what was good, what was bad. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Day, 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 uh, day before. So yes. we'll start day before. Yeah, we can, we can go into that. So we, we get down to Kiowa Island. You and I drove down on Friday. The race was on the 11th. So yep. we get down on the 10th. First off, I love Kiowa Island. Just putting that out there. It's beautiful. It's just sick. It, I love it. I love the beach. <laughs> but I do love the mountains. But anyways, that's beside the point. Yeah. We get down there. Um, my mom is down there. So she ended up doing a 5K the night before, like a glow, glow stick like a glow yeah, run. Yeah, it was like color. Is, they had like yeah. a bunch of colors. I think they were like throwing out the powder and stuff, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Which Same, is super cool. Yeah. Super proud of her for, for doing that and, and kind of starting her her journey in these challenges and stuff, which is yep. exciting. So I love to see that. And yeah, we get down there Friday night. We go pick up the race packet. Um, we go back to the house. We get a good dinner in. 
Um, we had spaghetti and meatballs, which Judah doesn't love, but he ate them anyways. Bro, <laughs> I I enjoy spaghetti and meatballs, but it's not my first choice. But yeah. I will eat it any day. But yeah. Doug made it a point to tell his mom every single time that I did not like Because <laughs> Amy said you did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amy got down there and was like, Amy told oh, Judah. Yeah, yeah. I like ate spaghetti and meatballs the night before, totally fine. You and did. then. And I, I thought they were really good, to be honest. And then Amy comes down, oh, yeah, Judah doesn't like spaghetti and meatballs. Like, dang, she threw me under the bus. But yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. That's okay. Whatever your mom makes, it's always good. That's so. facts. My mom's a beast. Shout yeah. out, mom. Facts. But anyways, yeah, so we ate dinner, crushed that. And then Judah said, hey, we probably should go ride the course. And I, you know, this, Drive this, the course. Drive the course. Yeah. Yeah, drive. Just, just to be clear. Yeah, ride. Drive. I don't know. I just wanted to ride make sure. The, ride we the weren't car, riding bikes or anything. Yes. <laughs> my, my fault. Yes, we were driving in a vehicle. Um. And so we did that. And so just to kind of set another piece of context for, for those listening, like I've never run an, a, a formal race, never run a 5K, never run a 10, half, whatever. Like I've never been in a race environment. I've always, like I said, played basketball, whatever. Um, and so I didn't really know what that looked like. I didn't know what signage looked like, any of that. So Judah was like, this is probably a good idea to do this. So we get in the car, we do it. I think in our eyes, or at least in mine, like I thought it would just be like a quick five, ten minute thing and we go back to the house. But when you drive 26 miles an hour in these small little golf neighborhoods, you have it to drive a, pretty slow. It takes yeah, a while. You're usually going like 15 to 20 miles an hour at some spots. So. Yeah. So, which it was, I'm glad we did that. I think that was good. But um, we didn't end up finishing the whole course, but we did get kind of a, a good foundation of where the race started and kind yeah. of what it would look like to make the turns and where the signs were and what the signs looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of got a, an early glance at the fueling stations that they were going to set up. But yeah. that was that was the night. And then I think, you know, we headed back to the house. We, we got in a good stretch, tried to get to bed. And yeah. then it was race day. It was race day, baby. And then we woke up at like maybe six o'clock. Yeah. Got, probably which not probably not early enough. I wanted to, yeah, I, we talked, we talked about waking up earlier and from my experience with, with riding bikes and racing and stuff, I know that there's a lot of things on race day that can go wrong and just things that will slow you down and things that you don't even foresee happening. And we were like, but of course we were, you know, ignorant. We we're just, yeah, nah, it'll be fine. We'll wake up at what six o'clock and yeah. get there by I don't know what a little the, after seven. Yeah, a little after. <laughs> that Anyways, was that, was, that was the plan. The race started at eight, right? Yeah, the race was eight o'clock. Um, <laughs> and long story short, it uh, same thing happened that I have had happen in the past going to races. It didn't all work out the way we thought it was going to. Um, we ended up having to be bussed in from a place a couple miles away from the start line. Um, so that took a little bit of time and yeah, you, you didn't get there till maybe 30 minutes before the race. If, if that, yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, we can, we can dive into a couple more things I would have done differently to hopefully help you guys listening that you guys want to do a race, like listen to my mistakes and and change them. But mistake number one is you want to get to the race early. So like you said, we didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my, in my eyes, like leading up the night before, I was like, I don't want to just get there and just be sitting around waiting and like, cause I know I'm going to be nervous. I know there's going to be other things. And I don't want to just be sitting around. Yeah. But you guys would rather be sitting around than frantically rushing and trying to get in a warm up, which we didn't completely finish <laughs> and then try to maneuver your way to the start line and then get ready for the race. So there's, there's so much more that's happening than you anticipate or realize. 100%. I would recommend planning to get to the race two hours to one and a half hours or 
like early, one and a half to two hours early. Yeah. Plan that. Plan getting there that. And I almost can promise you that you won't get there that early. Yeah. You'll still probably be there early, and but like Doug said, earlier is better. Early is on time. On time is late. That's right. <laughs> so so get there early. That way you can settle in. I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you'll get there early enough to where you're, it's not time to warm up yet. But you'll be able to get there, get your bearings, see where everything is, and then you'll be able to warm up. Because I've had so many times where, you know, I, I was going to a race one time and we got a flat tire and we yep. had to change the tire on the side of the road. And then we got there and I mean, you know, we're college students. We don't ever get anywhere like really timely in a timely manner. So we got there late. And so we were like just rushing to get our bibs on and, um, just start racing and we didn't right. get a warm up at all. And then that was like one of the worst races I've had. So definitely try to get there. I would say two hours to an hour and a half early. Um, just to, just to be safe. Cause for some reason with race days, it never, never goes to plan as far as how like getting there and everything. Cause there's a lot of other people there. Right. And so this one especially, yes, <laughs> this is a big race. This, this race I think had like over 500 people in the race. No doubt. So, um, yeah, I, w- I would say just get there early. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good, that's good advice. I think they got that point. So the next point we would probably give you guys is, is getting a good warm up. That was one thing. I didn't really know, you know, what, what that would look like and like what to do there. But, you know, I, I consulted a couple people that I'm friends with. Um, Ashley Wilson, he works for Gymshark. He's a stud. He's done some really incredible things um, from a fitness standpoint. He runs, he's run tons of marathons for Gymshark. Yep. Um, and then I talked to Ryan Hall some too. And they gave me very similar kind of pre-race warm-up instructions. Slow jog, just get your heart rate up super slow, nothing crazy. Um, a couple strides and then a dynamic warm up. Nothing static. Just get get your muscles warm. Get your body moving. And I did that, but like due to like we just talked about, I just didn't have enough time, you know, yeah. before the race to really get that full, uh, get the full benefits of a good a good solid warm up. And so, right, that is step number two. Is get a good warm up, and that kind of goes into step one. It's getting there early enough to have enough time to yeah. get in a good warm up. Yes. Pre-race fueling. How did so? What did that look like? So, hydration, fueling. What what did that look like for you? Yeah, pre-race. Yes. Yeah. So pre-race, we did um, well the night before we had spaghetti meatballs, so we carved, and then I had actually pasta the night before that. So I've been carving a couple days out for the race, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Um, honey stinger. Uh, just quick shot, honey stinger. Nothing nothing official, but they did send me a ton of uh, product for this challenge, which I'm super grateful for. So shout out honey stinger. Um, I've been training with their gels, uh, their gummies, pretty much all of prep. And that's what I had planned to use, uh, for the race itself. Now the part that kind of messes up a little bit about fueling, we can kind of segue into the race. Cause this is, this is a, probably the, one of the, another thing we need to talk about <laughs> was, uh, drink mix. Like, yes, like all, all prep long runs, like you would be with me for the majority of them. We had honey stinger drink mix perform. Uh, mix in in my bottle and that's kind of what I was using for drink and then I would use the gummies as well um, the problem with the Kiwa Island Marathon is they wouldn't let you have any outside um, fueling. fueling from yeah. a person so like I could have carried a bottle we chose not to do that retrospectively maybe I should have had like a couple smaller bottles on a on a on a belt or something yeah. I saw a ton of people doing that but they had fueling stations set up every roughly every two miles of the race um, where they had tables that had teams and they were super nice, but 
the problem was the cups were super small. They Most were of small. them were like not even full because you got to think they're they're filling up so many cups and yeah, that so was they're giving you a tiny good. bit of liquid and and it's honestly pretty hard to drink out of a cup when you're running and not stopping. Like a water bottle is a little different. Yeah, and it was just like water and Gatorade. They did have Coke yeah. at some at one point. Yeah, the, like the last two, I think, they had which Coke. was smart for sure. But but that's essentially the fueling layout. Like I had my gummies. The plan was to eat two to three gummies every 30 minutes, which that's how we prepare. That's how we practice. And I felt my body felt great, got adjusted to that. But I most certainly did not drink enough throughout the race. And that, that bit me on the second half of the race, kind of yes. towards mile 20, which we'll get to in a second. But yes. fueling, that's that's kind of the layout. Yeah. So, okay. So you got, and then what did you eat for breakfast? So for breakfast, we did... Um, I had an English muffin mm-hmm. with, with peanut butter and jelly. Normally I do honey, but I had jelly on this one. Yeah. And I had a banana and that's all I had. And that's, I'd experimented like during prep yeah. on the long runs with some different options. That was one that I felt pretty comfortable with. Um, I did protein oatmeal for a couple of them. Um, but the, the English muffin with, with peanut butter was kind of the staple to go to that I yeah. would always eat. And your body us. can, can kind of absorb those carbs really mm-hmm. quickly too. Exactly. Um, so that's a really good carb to eat before. I now, I mean, definitely for anybody listening, the key to fueling and learning fueling is trying it out. Yeah. Because nobody's body responds the same. It's so different. It's always different. There's a lot of principles that work the same. Like everybody obviously needs to be taken in carbs unless you're somebody that, that like is trying to fuel off fats instead of carbs. That's a whole different story. But there's a lot of set principles on how to fuel, but the amount and what you eat and stuff is what you need to fuel um, mostly. So really focus in on, in training, trying to kind of just take note of what you're eating before and how your body responds um, and just slowly kind of figure out what's, what's best for you. No doubt. Um, I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. Yeah. It's it's a learning process all the time, I think. And I think, you know, we can talk about bigger takeaways towards the end, but that was one thing is just the, the sport of endurance is such a strategy, such a complex game. It's not just going out for a quick run. Like, that's not yeah. that's not the case. There's so many things, factors that go into it that make it like a, like a very complicated action plan that you really have to have dialed. It really is. But, it really is. Yeah, man. So, okay, and then... So you had breakfast and we got to the race. Um, you tried to put down some like carb, like gel, like gel gummies at the beginning, oh, but they were not good. <laughs> you didn't like the taste. So. I just didn't like that one flavor. Yeah, there's, yeah. So there was that, um, but you got a couple down, so that was good. Um, you were hydrated. I felt, hyd- a lot. I felt hydrated, yeah. 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 So, and then mile one, first mile of the day. Yeah. So the lineup was crazy. You want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, let's, let's jump in that and we can talk about the race itself. So getting to the race, we talked about it, warm up, whatever, wasn't great. But, you know, fi- about 15 minutes before the race started, I was like, okay, I need to at least get close to where I'm, the race is going to start. Because we were out in the street uh, near the race, but that's kind of where there was more space to stretch. Like Judah said, there was like literally over 500 people. So it's kind of like a bunch of ants running around. Right. Um, so we, I had thought that the race start was actually the finish line. And I didn't know there was a different start location. So the start location was was relatively close, but it was not where I thought it was. And so as I started to kind of get my bearings with everything, I saw this massive group of people down down the road. And then I saw the big arch where the actual race started. And so basically the way it works is, for those listening that don't really know, 
there's different the the race is ordered like the group of people are ordered and by the pace that you're trying to run so you're going to see people um with flags that had different race paces so the fastest race pace was 325 for the for the full marathon Mm -hmm. and then there's the half marathon runners in that group as well or in the in the mix of just a greater large uh larger amount of people so i obviously we had intentions of running quicker than that pace and so i was like man i got to get up in that group so i'm fighting for like 10 minutes just trying (laughs) to weave through this massive crowd like it looked like a a concert like it was it was loud it was wild and there was like shoulder to shoulder 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 and you got to think too like everyone who's in their position is not trying to lose their position they're trying to stay there so you're you're kind of being a little bit like i don't know it was very uncomfortable yeah um so trying to work my ways up work my way through the crowd as best i can but i didn't get super close to the front so i'm kind of in the middle of the pack Mm -hmm. and so i'm already kind of stressing out i'm like man this is gonna mess up my pace i'm gonna have to go out a little harder so again that's another thing if guys if you're gonna plan to run super fast if you're just doing it to have a good time doesn't really matter just jump in there and get ready and have fun but if you're trying to do a drop a dirty time like you probably want to try to get there early again get there early yeah and try to position yourself in a place where you're not so frantic coming out of the gate because that was that was stressful right that was that was interesting i was um kind (laughs) of at the in front of the start line right at the corner where you round the corner right at the beginning you guys will see it in the video um, when it po- comes out soon, hopefully. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I was there. I was looking for you, and I couldn't find you. But eventually, when you ran out of the corner, I saw you. But you'll see in the video, like, there's tons of people that run before before the camera catches you. So, right. um, so yeah, it was, it was very wild. I was very interested to see how that was going to work out. Um, and so, yeah, then... The race started mile one. What was your split time for mile one? Yeah, so I got it pulled up here on my phone. This okay, is, so just this is a crazy part. Yeah, just just for context. So Doug is one? yes. Okay. So Doug yeah. is very fast. <laughs> um, and he was the in training and stuff. He was doing the volume, and I believe the correct preparation to run close to a sub three marathon. Yeah, and. If you guys follow him on Instagram or anything, you saw that he went on some 20 mile runs and had an average pace of seven mile, like seven minute pace, yeah. which sub three is with 650 pace with pretty low heart rate and talking to you. During yes. The yeah. And talking to me. And the thing too, is you did do some 650 miles there, like towards the end of the, some of those runs, yeah. you were actually amping it up and kind of doing faster paces. So I was pretty confident that if we could get everything right, it was possible to do it was yeah it was possible to do sub three it was gonna be close yeah it was gonna be close either way if not it was gonna be really close like right right after um so yeah so that was kind of the the underlying goal we weren't putting pressure on it because either way completing a marathon is awesome but yeah so sub three was the goal so doug came out of the gate pretty hot super hot (laughs) So, all right, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. So, yes. basically what happened was I'm already stressed out. There's a massive amount of people. I'm literally trying to fight my way through this crowd. When the gun goes off and they say start, like the race starts, I'm, one, trying to maneuver to get up to the front. While also, you got to think about this. There's all these little legs running around me, and I'm yeah. trying not to trip and fall. And, like, that's kind of stressful. So, I'm, like, trying to, like, strategize, like, maneuver, like, dodge people and just get as close as I can to the front. 
while all this is happening, I'm most certainly exerting way more energy than I should. Yeah, the heart rate is definitely spiked. The heart rate is spiked. (laughs) And I'll just give you guys the splits of my first 10 miles. And I'll just give you a little estimate. So mile one, 6.48. And I'm just going to read them off. 6.48, So So mile two was hot. Mile two was hot. And this was kind of like getting out. Yeah, you had the the adrenaline was pumping for sure. So another mistake. Don't don't do that. So... 648, 624, 640, 644, 642, 641, 641, 643, 645. And so you can see, like I was in the low 640s for most of these. And then obviously mile two was too fast. So mile two was, yeah, that was a little hot. Definitely. I would say, especially when you don't get a good warm up in. Right. If you don't have, if if you do end up not getting a good warm up in, take it easy coming off the front. Because the thing is, is you can blow up. Um, and we, we kind of saw a little bit of that and it, it was a combination of just going out too hot, but also like fueling was, yeah. we'll get into that. But, um, but yeah, so just take it easy. Um, and I think that was one thing that we kind of messed up on, but it's all right. It's okay. It's, it's part of learning. The thing is, is like the only way you're going to learn to race better is by racing. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no way you can simulate to an extent what it's going to be like on race day, but it, there's nothing like race day nerves yeah. and like the way it feels. Like it's just going to do something different to your body. No doubt. So um, the first, I mean, the first 13 miles, first yeah. half marathon, I was right on pace for sub three. Yeah, like 129. Like I was, I was dialed. Yeah, you're killing it. Um, I, kind of towards mile 12, 13, I did. I was having a, a couple slower miles. Mm-hmm. Um. I Which did. I was happy about because I could tell you were because I was riding with you, and I could tell you were starting to hurt. So I was like, hopefully he can, you know, relax for a mile or so, and then be able to ramp it back up after that. Maybe if he wanted yeah. to go for sub three. Yeah. Um. You can keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. I mean that's true, and I think you know the first kind of incident I had, I guess you could say, was around like mile ten, eleven. I had mm-hmm. a side stitch, so didn't really have many of those during prep. There, there were a lot of things that occurred that I'd never experienced one time during prep, which yeah. was really interesting. Um, but I had a side stitch. I didn't, it didn't really affect my running. It just was painful. So I kept pushing through that. And then thankfully that went away. Um, and you just keep pushing on through the marathon. And I will say one thing, like weather is, is huge. So like yes. I trained 90% of my prep training aside from a couple of trips to Raleigh and I've been a couple of different places, but the majority of my prep training was in Colby, North Carolina in the Cold mountains. Day colder no no pretty much no humidity mm-hmm. the elevation i thought would actually help me going to yeah. flat ground and stuff but the part that really hurt at kiwa was the humidity yeah it was it was very really humid that humid. day too i got caught up with the massive sea of people coming by um when i was trying to follow you on the bike and dude when i got through the crowd of people like trying to get through to the other side so i could keep riding and catch up with you Dude, I was like pouring, like I was like working decent, like to try to get caught back up with you. But I was, excuse me, I was, um, I was like dripping sweat by the time I caught up to you because it was just so humid. Like you didn't have to work that hard and you'd be pouring sweat. And so I think that could have had something to do with it too. So, okay. So mile 11, 12, you got the side stitch. Yep. So keep, keep pushing through that. I can definitely start to feel like, you know, I'm like, man, I've got a whole another one of these to do at that point. That's kind of a common thing. I think when you're on a marathon, you get through half and you're like, I got halfway to go, yep. um, which is tough. But 
that's kind of where I was, you know, I kept pushing, kept pushing. And just throughout the race, I was trying to think of different things. This is another thing, like just over time, hopefully I'll dial this in. I started off listening to music. Then I cut that off. My phone kind of wasn't working. I did have a good reception. <laughs> I should have had it downloaded. Come on, Apple Music. Come on. <laughs> but, no. Um, and then I, I honestly, I, it was kind of a spiritual experience where like I was like praying and I was kind of like just like saying, God, like I, I just pray that you kind of take over my yeah. body and just help me get through this. And um, I did feel a lot of like spiritual connection to God through through putting myself in that kind of situation, which is really cool. So I'd encourage you to, to just be aware of like what, what's going on and your feelings, your senses, all that stuff is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, but in terms of, you know, the, the second half of the race, that's where I really got rocked. You it's know, where it really hurt. It's where it hurt. And it's where it got like, basically what happened was just kind of putting it straight out there. Like around mile 20, 20, but around mile 20 to 21, I could start to feel my legs just tighten and I was still running. I was still moving. But like it was, I was like, oh, this is not good. Like you were probably, what was your, you want to just read off your split times a little bit? All of them. So <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. Yeah. So, or you can just go to my, you don't have to go to all yeah, of them. The, but like those. where it started to hurt. Cause you definitely started to slow down probably around mile 15 or 16, maybe 17, where it was like starting to get closer to like the eight minute mark. So yeah, I mean from mile, I didn't really start slowing down to the eight minute mark till mile 18. Yeah. So 18. Eight, 18 was an 802. So that was the slowest I'd run prior to that. I mean, even mile 15, I was still sub seven. Yeah, that's good. Um, but 18, 19, you can start to see I, I'm slowing down, definitely feeling um, like tightening. It started off with my hamstrings and like yeah. I, I could feel like cramps were coming. And I, dude, I'd never, this is the crazy thing, never experienced one single cramp all of prep. Yep. Obviously, I think the humidity and, and lack of hydration had a huge part in I this. I think that is one of the biggest parts. But by mile 21, like my, my hamstrings were cramping Yeah. and, and when your hamstring cramps as a runner, you're still able to run cause you're, cause your leg can still bend. Like it's pulling your leg back. So it actually mm-hmm. just kind of hurts. You just gotta be careful. You don't like overextend and tear, like rip the muscle, right. but you can still move. But then towards mile 22, 23 is when my quad started to go. Yeah. Now, quad, that was quad cramping is different than hamstring cramping because <laughs> when your cr- quad fully cramps, your leg is extended yep. and it's hard to bend. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, you saw me in my worst. Like yeah. there was a stretch there. You were barely walking. I could, I couldn't move. I couldn't bend my <laughs> leg. And it was like, I was on stilts hobbling back and forth. Yeah. And so that was really frustrating, honestly. Um, yeah. just cause I felt like I was, my fitness was so much better than, than my time. But at the end of the day, guys, it's like, and I told you this cause you even asked me, you're like, you want to shut it down? I was like, dude, I'll crawl to finish this marathon. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to finish this race. Um, but that happens in life. Like, you know, they're, they're going to be things that you don't expect or you don't plan for that happen. And you got to keep going, like no matter yeah. what, even if you think you're the most prepared for your business, for life, whatever that is, and hurdles come, you just got to keep fighting. You just got to keep yeah. pushing. And in everything in life, I like to say is you either succeed or you learn. Mm-hmm. So, okay, maybe we didn't hit sub three. And yeah. I say we just because I feel like we've both been yeah, it training was a, for this. It was just because like I've been with you in a <laughs> lot of this training, but, but. Yeah, so we, I mean, at this marathon, you didn't get sub three, but there's just so many different things to learn. And that's why I'm hoping yeah. that we can kind of impart some of this, this these learning experiences into some of the viewers or the yeah. listeners too, is just like, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's not always going to be perfect. Getting, having a perfect race is very, very, like there's very, um, 
I don't know what the word is for it, but there's there's very very little times that you'll have a perfect race. Yeah. Um, and that's with doing lots of races. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot, I've heard a lot of professional athletes say that professional endurance athletes say that is like in their seasons, like they'll maybe have one perfect race where everything goes perfectly. And so it's just part of it. Like you're just always learning and trying to tweak little things to give you your, yourself the best race possible. And I think in this race, there was, a lot of factors that really contributed to that cramping. I'm not an expert in this, so yeah. but I feel like the because of the humidity, you were sweating a lot more. Me and you sweat just like yeah. crazy amounts. Natural. In the, yeah, in the first place. But anyways, you were sweating a ton. So which is not no, not like near as much as you did during training with the colder weather. You definitely weren't sweating as much. Um, but you were sweating a ton and you were probably drinking less. Yeah. Oh, so which, yeah. And I think a combination of that and not having the actual drink mix that we used that I thought was really good. Um, like the only thing you had was Gatorade. And then at the end, like you had to put some Cokes down just to get some sugar in your body and like try to get those cramps to go away. But like the fueling was not perfect and you still did. I I don't know if we've talked about the gummies or not. Um, but you also had gummies in your pocket that were like, like, uh, what are they called? Like just, uh, like gel. Yeah. Energy chews. You had those, so you were able to use those for fueling, but that's not enough. Like, you still need the liquid, you still need the hydration, and it just wasn't there. And I think that was one of the things that really contributed to a lot of the cramping. And yeah, just kind of some of those last couple miles were just pretty rough. Yeah, they were rough. And and a guy actually came out of his house and was like, Hey, man, do you need help? And I was like, I don't really need help. I'm just cramping. Like this guy kind of yeah. get there. And he's like, well, let me get you some water. So I wish you would have gotten a mustard bottle. <laughs> gosh, we should have asked for mustard. That would have been smart. He, um, he came out with a water bottle. I literally drank the whole thing in about two seconds and then I threw it down. And, um, thankfully my legs started to kind of just slowly kind of loosen. And so I just like, I'm, I got to just go as quick as I Power can. Through. So push, push, push. What and was your last mile? My last mile was, uh, 841. So that's not bad. So, so you were able to kind 20, of turn it. Yeah, twenty five was eight ten. Last mile was eight forty. Okay, so yeah, so that's good. So yeah, and then I ended up running the race at three twenty seven oh six, which is still I think faster than eight minute per mile. It is. Pace. Yeah, it's in the so, fifties. I mean that's <laughs> that's good. Um, and for the, I mean, you didn't you have like a fourteen minute mile at one point? Like yeah, one of the, those. The mile I locked up it was around fourteen minutes. Yeah. So. That kind of explains to you how fast he was going at the beginning of the race. So he was he had so much momentum at the beginning of the race that even with those slow miles, he was you were able to sub three thirty. Yes, yeah, sub three thirty, which is still a solid time. Yeah, it's a solid time. And to be honest with you, I think you know I put I naturally put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, um, to perform and to do great things. But like what I was telling Judah and like everyone listening, like this is just a start. Like. We have a lot start. more coming. Like, this was not the end-all, be-all. I'm not a marathon runner. Yes. It was the first challenge post-basketball career, and we accomplished the goal. The mission was to complete a marathon. We did that. Um, and now it's time for some more. Like, I, this is – we're just getting going. Dude, I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of different things that we're going to do that's going to be – it's going to be good. But we can't can't release any of those decisions yet. But you you, Yeah, you'll be hearing it. It's coming for sure. There are a couple I'm pretty, I've got my eyes on. <laughs> that would yeah. be pretty, pretty fun. Challenges. I mean, if you want to announce anything, you can, but it's up to you. I mean, I think, I think what we can announce right now is that, you know, moving forward, it'll definitely be 
we're going to train CrossFit, the CrossFit style training. Yes. So not not necessarily looking to compete in CrossFit as of now, unless some crazy changes. But right. that style of training, really, what I want to do is just develop a functional fitness base. Like I just want to be very functional, where I can go. If I want to go run, if I want to go lift, if I want to do a quick circuit, if I want to do an AMRAP, if I want to do bear crawls, lunges, pull-ups, whatever that looks like, right? Um, I can do it. And so I don't want to just, I don't want to look, and, and nothing against any style of fitness. I think it's all great. I don't want to just be a marathon, like endurance racer. I don't want to be a bodybuilder where I'm just like, you know, have big muscles. Like I want to be a savage. Well, and that's, and I mean, I think for some people that don't know as much what CrossFit is, CrossFit that's the idea yeah is that you can be the most well-rounded athlete possible really and I think and I think I think it might have been Eric Hinman on one of the podcasts that's what he was saying is yeah. like if you want to be like as fit as you can be like CrossFit's the way to go mm-hmm. I could be wrong about but I'm pretty sure he said that he probably but did Eric's anyways just, Eric's very fit. He's a savage. <laughs> but anyways like CrossFit's the way to go to be just the overall rounded athlete now if you want to be the best like you know whatever in the world you have to you have to do very specific training but if you want to be able to just go out and be able to crush pretty much anything like pretty well crossfit's the way to go and i mean you can also just be a good crossfitter (laughs) um but so like that is the the idea of crossfit is that you you're kind of adaptable i think that's one thing about crossfit athletes is they're kind of adaptable to really anything that's thrown at them and if you look at the crossfit games they're they're never really told what they're doing until they get there. Yeah. So they, they, uh, the, I forget the guy's name that, that writes all the different, um, workouts for the like games and stuff. But like he, he's always coming up with different things just to try to throw at them that mm-hmm. they'll never see coming. Like one time they had a crit rate, like a bike race, like in the, like different kinds of bike races and all kinds of stuff. Um, in the, the games yeah. and like, that's not something they completely train, but what CrossFit athletes do is they train to be able to adapt to anything and be able to just kind of crush whatever is thrown at them. So, and I think that's what, that's what you love doing anyways. I love that style of training. I love competing with myself, but I think, you know, what the, the older I get and it sounds, I'm only 23, like I'm not <laughs> super old, but the more I do it, like what I've learned is that I want to be super functional, but I want to have a strong mind. Like yeah. I really want to like, I want to use fitness as a vehicle to strengthen my mind. And that's why I think a lot of people, they look at it differently. They look at it for aesthetics or, and, and nothing's wrong with that. I'm not, I'm just talking about what I personally, Doug Elks wants to do. Right. Like I want to use fitness as something, a fun way to be healthy, but to really callous and grow my mind because I know that's what's going to make me the most successful version of myself in life. Yeah. And wow. I think CrossFit will do that. I think these challenges will do that. And I think the exciting thing is we killed a marathon, 26.2 miles of running. Killed it. Our next challenge will not include running, but it's going to be something on another end of the spectrum that's going to push and callous my mind. So I'm so excited. Let's keep callous in the mind. Dude, that's awesome, man. I'm so stoked for you. I'm going to keep keep trying to continue my fitness journey. I might get into some CrossFit too. Yes, sir. I'd like to. I I'd like to do some CrossFit. To you be did. You did some uh, body weight circuits during. Yeah. What was the last it? Few uh, you did Cindy. No. Cin- no. No. You no, did. It was, uh, uh, crap. <laughs> what was the name of it? It wasn't Cindy. Is the that the was another squat? Girl. <laughs> I, I forget. <laughs> it was a good one though. Yeah, it was a body it, weight. Circuit. It's a fun one. I yeah. I love those. I'd like to put on some more muscle and just become more adaptable, which is what, like I said, what CrossFit is. Because um, I think sometimes, like I love cycling and I love how it keeps me fit, but. I mean, all around, I'm not an amazing athlete, but on the bike, 
I'm not an amazing athlete either, but I enjoy it. And I'm, you know, I hone that craft, but I would also like to just be well-rounded overall. So let's go. I'll probably, I'll probably add in some CrossFit as well. It's a cool, it's a cool form of training. I mean, I think when we went to the Rogue Invitational, that was where we really like, we're like, dang, this is, this is insane. Just, go watch that video, by the way. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. I love it, man. I love it. This has been a fun episode. I think that my, my big takeaway, and I'll let you hit your Suda, but my big takeaway, guys, is if you're listening to this and you're hesitant about doing something in your life that you've never done before, just just do it. Like, just, just do it. Start. Take one step at a time. Set a goal. And, and Devin always says this, but strategize, educate, and execute. Like I, I truly believe it. Devin's had a huge impact on me, but guys, you can do it. Like you, you just have to take action. You have to start and just have the confidence in yourself. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, what anyone else believes in you or not. Like you can believe in yourself and you can go accomplish anything you put your mind to. And then the crazy thing is once you start accomplishing stuff and start doing it, it just gets bigger and bigger and better. Let's keep going. Let's go. That's sick. That hyped me up. I'm ready to go. Let's go. That's a wrap, baby. All right, man. Good podcast. Yes, sir. Bye, Judah. Bye. guys so much for listening to another great episode of the aim podcast we hope you enjoyed that conversation about the keel island marathon recap it was a super fun challenge i loved the race i'm excited to start this new journey as i exit my basketball career and enter this space of challenge health and fitness and our motivational brand ambition of mind guys if you love the aim podcast and love what we're doing we ask you please give us a rating and review share it with a friend send it to your buddy Send it to every single person you can think of because we want to blow this thing up. We want this movement to go global. We want to help each and every person continue to kill it, crush it, and as always, keep ambition in mind.